There's a reason more pros choose redneck blinds over any other blind on the market. Combining amazing quietness, scent control, and usability features, you have the ultimate hunting blind. Give them a call or check them out online at redneckblinds.com. Dakota Silence, we're embracing better. Our focuses, revolutionary concealment, extreme silence, enhanced thermal efficiency, purpose-driven functionality. Unheard, unnoticed, uncompromised. You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, proudly presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to the Outdoor Podcast, Hunt Camp Fish, right here on Carbon TV. I am Dave Thomas, along with Jamie Nopum, filling in tonight for our good friend Tim, who is busy and couldn't make it tonight, unfortunately. Uh, you know, the thing about tonight's topic is it's a very important one. Uh, so Gary has joined us from Easton to talk about arrows. And, you know, it's always a pleasure, Gary, having you on to talk about arrows, because I, I know a lot of people are constantly asking, talking um about arrows i mean honestly it's like one of the it's one of the hot topics in the archer area for sure and i feel like it's just one of those things where when you're an archer you want the best arrows and easton's always at the top of that coming up first and people are always talking about easton full metal jackets they used to talk about the accs they used to talk about the xx 78s and 75s and there's just so much history there too it makes it one of the most magical brands in my opinion uh over the years and Actually, I think the longest running archery brand of all time, actually, uh, now I'm it, thinking about it. We probably are. We're now, I think now so. 101 years old. But, uh, you know, it, it, it it's one of those things, too, in archery, you know, you got your bow and your all your other accessories on the bow and, and everything else that we use. But, you know, once you let go, there's, you know, your arrow and your broadhead headed downrange. And, and so it, it's up, to, you know, it's kind of like, OK, there it goes, you know, do your job. Uh, so once you let go, it's, you know, they're, you know, it's super important that you, you send, send your broadhead downrange with a good arrow. Yeah, for sure. So Gary, what is new at Easton? What have you been up to over there? What you guys been working on? Anything yeah, special well, coming here? <laughs> yeah. You know, we, I was just talking to the guys, you know, and, uh, I've got, I've got some new guys on the team and, and whatnot. And, uh, and it's funny cause the, you know, the new guys are especially, they're scratching their heads and then they're like you know, Hey, we, we, you know, we, we've done this product, we've done that product, you know, it's around two. what more, what more can we do? You know, they, and they, they get kind of like wide eyed and scared. And I said, you know, what's funny is, you know, we've been doing this for 101 years and it seems like we've always met, found a way to innovate and innovations, you know, stuck in the DNA of the Eastern, you know, culture here. So uh, it's amazing what you can do with, you know, a glorified drinking straw. I mean, it's a tube, right? At the end of the day. And so, but different materials, obviously different diameters. I mean, we've been able to really, if you look at the arrows, when I started here 30 years ago and where we are today, uh, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. And one of the, one of the things that we utilize to, to innovate is, uh, as you know, we, we, we make arrows for, you know, from the youngest beginner all the way up to the Olympic podium. And those arrows that we're, we're innovating for those highest levels, those highest echelons of archery, we take that technology, we run it back into our hunting line. So then you get you get uh, arrows that are, you know, dual composition, like our FMJs, like you mentioned, and and, and micro diameters. And those those innovations were us uh, innovating for the for that that 
high-end target market where, where where they're shooting you know 70 90 meters and need those micro diameters to get it get their arrows down range and 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 uh you know through that windy those windy conditions and lo and behold a lot of those attributes work so well on the hunting side because those that micro diameter is great if you're taking longer shots for the same reason the target archers use them but also once it impacts the target in a bow hunting situation that micro diameter penetrates better so uh we're looking at for for our you know we usually roll out our new products uh in the fall around october so right now we're kind of in that mode of okay what do we have um are we ready to go and then uh about mid-october we we roll that out to the the dealers the pro shops will find out first and then um, and then the market from there, like, uh, once people, you know, get into their pro shops to see what's new. So, uh, we got some cool stuff coming, uh, not finalized yet. So I can't really give any details, not, not because it's a secret, because we don't, we don't know exactly where we're going to land on different things. So don't want to create, you know, expectations that don't come fruition, but, uh, yeah, we got some cool stuff for next year. Uh, one thing we're looking really hard at right now not only on shafts, but on the component side. Components have been really hot in the market. So we're looking at, at uh, what we can do. And I think we'll have some really, really cool introductions on the component side as well. Yeah, it's uh, definitely cool, Gary. I was thinking about um, when, 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 we were, when we were talking about new products, I was thinking about the 6.5, uh, the whiteout. You know, I just love it. Like, that's like the, hunt, the honey arrow I'm using and I was thinking about it, and I, I was while you were talking about what can we do different, what could we do new. I, the, the first thing I thought of was the color, right? So like the arrow's good; you don't really need to change the arrow; it's great. But people are always looking for something flashy or whatever. The white is amazing, right? Everybody loves the white. Everybody I talk to is like that arrow is sweet, you know. Every every video yeah. I'm working on with it, people are always commenting about the arrow. But then I had this strange thought, and I don't even know where I know where it came from, but from McDonald's grimace. <laughs> the purple and i was thinking man what if that thing was purple like how weird would it be but yet how would people probably react in the opposite direction and be like i gotta have those purple arrows like that is crazy yeah, <laughs> so it's a yeah. random like grimace like you know concept it's more of a marketing you tool than it is light it. you can light up the whole shaft too <laughs> well Boom. you know it's you know that there's been a swing in in with bow hunters like a lot of personalized i was talking we we've, we've talked to a lot of dealers and we're uh asking them about arrows not too long ago and uh you know what are you doing what are you doing you know what's hot in the market these days and it, it, they one of the things they brought up was when they're doing their fletching for customers how how many of those guys want custom you know it's like hey do you want special components do you want special shafts the number one thing they get right now is they wanted to, they want certain colors, like color was the number one thing. So, you know, it, whether it be fletching or, you know, wraps or cresting or whatever it might be, uh, it's really hot in the market right now. And, and uh, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking about hunting throughout the year because, you know, hunting season only lasts so long, but we, you know, we, we don't, we don't stop thinking about archery when, when bow hunting season's over. So it gives us a chance to kind of, you know, we tinker with our equipment and we do, we have that as a sort of a sub hobby of the actual get out and hunt. And right now colors are really hot in the market. Yeah. I, I, I truly, I agree with you hundred percent. So all the people, there's a lot of people I work with on in the, the social reels and uh, some of the shops that are doing these custom um, 
arrow build videos where they're putting on all these fletchings that are specific colors. They're putting on those components you're speaking of, and they're building out those arrows for people. People will buy uh, a dozen arrows from this specific uh, custom arrow builder guy, which are probably like Easton's or whatever, but then they're taking that bare shaft and adding everything, you know, and doing it in the colors they want. But actually it's kind of funny that we, we land on this conversation because just today I had <clears throat> purchased a bow to do exactly what we're talking about. So I thought in my mind, I was like, man, I got this really cool idea for a video. Like I want to buy a cheap bow and I want to just strip it. I want to take it apart. I'm going to paint it in different weird colors. I'm going to send out the strings, have them come back in like some really cool exotic colors. And then I'm going to like really deck it out, you know, like, so I actually chose specifically a bear species EV. It's a very low cost bow. It's like $400 to your door type price. But I wanted to show people that you can have fun with it. And to be honest, I don't want to have too much fun with too expensive a bow. But that's what I'm not sure. You should, should get a whole Cerakote set up. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know how to do that. But I thought about just some spray. <laughs> but either yeah. way, like, I just want to have some fun with it. I was like, you know what? This is a cheap enough bow. We'll use it as a giveaway tool later. It'll be fun. But, you know, I, again, I think when people see the video, though, and the idea of customizing something to that much detail from, like, coloring the cams or whatever, uh, all the way to the arrow, right? Maybe the arrows are split in half colors or something. I don't know, but you know, come up with some weird way to have fun is my point. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it does, I mean, archery is at the end of the day is supposed to be fun. Right. And it's funny you mentioned that too, because our, our vice president of product development, he's the same way. I like, I walk in his office and he's, you know, he's got his bow apart and he's painting it, you know, and, and, uh, it's like I said, you know, there's, there's an aspect of it that around the gear itself that is a sub hobby of the bow hunting and why not you know why not have fun with getting your gear ready or you know setting it up in in a way that's personalized to you so we're seeing a lot of that just like you're saying yeah i think it would be hard to do the things i really would want to do i guess in the archery industry because our industry is so small and i don't think we could afford it necessarily but some of the things i love in other industries are are the like when we talk about Crocs, Crocs has like cinnamon toast crunch Crocs, right? Uh, Nike has, you know, SpongeBob shoes, right? I love this concept. I love the idea of mixing these things that people love with something you love. That's a totally different, totally different type of product, right? Like it'd be like wrapping an arrow in SpongeBob, right? It'd be so amazing, but yet we, I don't think anybody in the industry could do it because it'd be so hard to get. Well, I'm, I'm working on it. I mean, it wouldn't be officially branded, but I'm trying to teach the kid how to do all this. Well, that would be between hydro dipping and Cerakote and all. I mean, the equipment can get expensive, but that's the way I'm heading. So, but you wouldn't probably be able to afford a license from SpongeBob. No, my point. I'm that's what I was getting I'm, to, though. It's like I'm selling it at a huge level. Well, yes, you could do customs. Correct. Customs like right. your own school, but I'm saying like an Easton providing a SpongeBob would be very expensive probably for them to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, probably not going to happen, well, but it, you know, very well could be. But you know, I think what I think what you're saying too is a, is a testament to just how how good the products have become because you know you, you go back in in the day and you know you're fighting for durability or you're fighting for how can we make them smaller or how can we get carbon to be more straight or whatever. Or, or more weight consistent, whatever things we hurdles we've overcome throughout the years, and to get to a point where the product is, you know, is so good that really we're talking about cosmetics. You know, that it's uh, 
I think a testament to where we are in our equipment and uh, and maybe that's you know uh, we've kind of arrived I mean we'll continue to innovate and have have different uh, you know lightweight or or more kinetic energy or, or further the further the concept of micro diameter or whatever it, whatever it might be coming up but uh, but you know a lot of those hurdles that we saw you know 20 30 years ago we've we've come a long way with with materials and and the way we make arrows to the point where now we can kind of think about how to decorate them. Gary, is there a, um, you know, I, I feel like I've heard a number before and I'm not sure you might know, might not, but is there like a kind of standard um, size the arrow should be past the rest? So like, if I go past the rest, is it like a half inch, an inch? Is there like a generic number that you guys usually tell people to, to think about or look into? Uh, you know, in our, in our recommendations, like if you look at if you look on our what East recommends, we always say an inch is a rule of thumb. I see a lot of personalization with regards to uh, what individual archers do. Uh, you just have to be careful that your broadhead blades clear your riser and, and are you know and but and and the rest of course and enough room there that you can't you know draw your arrow be, behind your refs obviously, but. Uh, but beyond that, uh, you know, we say that one inch, uh, and that that should give you, you know, that should give you clear clearance. And really, uh, most risers, if not all risers today, can uh, they have that cutout window, so you can actually draw that broadhead into the into the riser a little bit. Back in the day, before they had that, you needed to have. Um, a clearance in front of the ref or in front of the riser rather because they weren't cut out the way they are today but uh there's really no no set number but um you know i always when in doubt you you, you know get into a qualified pro shop and have them help you but um that's pretty it's really individual to the archers i think more than anything let's let's talk a minute about in the past you know so back in the day we had this thing called an overdraw which a lot of people used back in the day and the overdraw basically allowed you to shoot a shorter arrow realistically because your rest came back like a i don't know how many inches i mean it might have been two three inches behind the shelf i remember that with that metal plate you know that went around it but i guess my point that that my question and my what i'm getting to here is was the point of that overdraw to shorten your arrow i'm assuming to have a faster smaller arrow but I'm assuming you give up some safety with that, right? Because now the arrow's behind your wrist, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thought. I I, I don't know. It, I don't know that it was it was a safety issue, really. I think so. I remember that, and I think there might even a bit. It's been so long since the overdraw days, but I remember um, there might have even been up to a five inch overdraw. My wow. memory right. But what it was for for maybe those people that don't know is you, you basically it was a, a plate that sat you bolt onto your riser. It, it in essence made it uh made the shelf of that bow come back toward your toward your hand. And um it wasn't very forgiving if you can imagine, you know, pivoting your bow right. and having that having that tip of that arrow behind your riser. Um so if you if you're torquing your bow at all. Um, it would really, it could really affect your your accuracy. But it was a, those overdraws were a a quest for speed, and it, primarily back then it was aluminum arrows. So they were trying to get the arrow as short as possible, 
which would allow them to go to a lighter spine, which also could be, depending on the size you pick, a lighter overall arrow. But the, the quest was for speed. And, um, you know, that was an innovation back in the day to try to get uh, more speed out of the system in the in an era when arrows weren't quite light like they are today or you know and then you see that pendulum swing back after the overdraws kind of went away uh to where and we, and we see it going back and forth even to this day where it's kind of that trade-off between do i want more arrow speed or do i want more momentum uh going down range for penetration so um you know that 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 really back then it wasn't as long, you didn't have those choices in arrows so guys that wanted speed went to the overdraw. I kind of want to build a new overdraw. <laughs> it's for fun. Like yeah, I'm like thinking about it now. We do have an old one in a box over there. Someone yeah. gave us with a used bow, but I kind of was thinking like, man, what would the overdraw? You're talking. I was thinking about what would the overdraw be like with yeah. a whisker biscuit on it. You know what I mean? Like at the front end of it. I feel like that'd be pretty safe because it's fully enclosed. It can't fall off mm -hmm. or anything. Because I was thinking about the overdraw, I was thinking about the prongs, right? And I'm like, ah, oh, the prongs, that's not my favorite. I hated the prong. But a lot of people loved them. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Time went on. Just yeah, they were they were they were speed seekers for sure. And uh and uh, you know, then we we the bows have changed so much though. I mean, when I mean, you look at how much speed you can get out of out of a bow today, even at you know, 50, 60 pounds, um, uh, without too much work. Uh, you know, they the the energy transfer and the geometry of the bows have you know, become such a far away that, uh, you know, that kind of, you know, having to go to extreme, you know, measures to get, to get a little more speed just doesn't, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Gary, tell us about, um, I was thinking it might be important for consumers to understand from an arrow perspective, some of the uh, things they should look for in arrows, um, maybe even not your arrow specifically, but just like stress on arrows. Like how, do, how does a consumer know what to look for? I mean, should they yeah. once in a while look for chips or cracks and then throw that yeah. arrow out? Or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so, you know, arrows can, you know, arrows is something we use over and over, and, you know, they can become damaged. Um, what we what we recommend is that um, with all of our arrows, when you're shooting, it's to, is to give them a flex and flex them and rotate them and flex them. If you hear any kind of cracking or uh, or if it gives in any way that's that's uh, unusual, that arrow should be discarded. And that that is a uh, you know we have a website bsafe.ws that um, we always recommend and we have a warning on the arrow to check before is what we always say check before you use it. So um, what I do is when I Them, and so I flex it at every at every different you know clock it all the way around the 360 degrees as I'm walking back and checking my arrows, but that's just uh, standard safety practice. So you're you're making sure that you're not shooting a damaged arrow, uh, and that's something that we'd recommend always recommend to um, archers to make sure they check those and make sure those arrows are are not damaged in any way, and if they are, that uh, they're discarded. And then tell us about the difference between the original ACC to now the FMJ. Like, so I guess what happened there and like, how did that transition from, uh, a no, flip? A really I believe it's question. a flip, right? I'm, uh, what's that? Oh yeah. It's kind of the reverse. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a, that's a great question. And I'll probably give you an answer a little longer than you want, but 
um but i'll i'll, I'll keep it is i'll keep it short but while you're talking uh, i'm gonna get up just keep talking though i'll be right back yeah. I'm gonna grab some uh, no, you're good uh <laughs> so back back when easton started doug easton was making wood arrows and longbows this mm-hmm. was back in 1922 uh wood has a grain that one, runs through and every single wood arrow is different so accuracy was suffered and it was really uh, a challenge to get arrows to grow back in those days. The guy, uh, Doug Easton, he was such an innovator um, that he went out and was experimenting with different materials and he found aluminum was a phenomenal material to make arrows. Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lamp of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at SigSauer.com. Also brought to you by Tinks, Dead Downwind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Arizona Archery Enterprises, Apex Rewards, and Easton. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup, better battery life, faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. And so overnight, the uh, groups went from, you know, really big down. They just shrunk immediately. From there, carbon, you know, we started experimenting with carbon uh, material and found that carbon is very durable and lightweight. So it's ideal for arrows. Uh, You know, you get more speed. uh, They're very durable. But aluminum, the, the attributes of aluminum are accuracy. Spine straightness and weight, they just can't be beat. Even to this day, you go to the Vegas tournament, uh, those those aluminum arrows, aluminum arrows reign supreme because they are so accurate. So now we've got these two materials. You've got aluminum and carbon going on. Um, you know, you're talking about 30, 35 years ago. Uh, our our engineers back then said, well, well, how can we put those two materials together? How do you, how do you take that accuracy aspect of aluminum and combine it with the lightweight durability of carbon and so they came up with the ac product which is a an aluminum core tube with carbon overlays on the outside and when you do that what you kind of get in a nutshell without going into too much detail is you get kind of the best of both worlds you get that lightweight strength of carbon you get the the precision of the aluminum working together in concert to really make a, a phenomenal arrow uh that uh you know those are the ones you see at the top level of of archery including the olympics and you can get down in small diameter with those there's a lot you can do with that uh after that we said well what happens if we reverse it what if we take a, a carbon core tube and put an aluminum overlay on the outside so we did that and it, we found it made a phenomenal hunting arrow um and there's there's a few reasons for that, but uh, the carbon backbone of that is, is giving it that strength. So I get a lot of questions about the FMJs. Are they durable? Um, I've been shooting them primarily. I go back and forth with some of our other products, but I keep coming back to the FMJ. Uh, they're very durable, and um, so that that because they have that carbon core that really makes them a durable product. But the, the aluminum on the outside gives them that precision, so they're very accurate. 
But I also like that uh, for a couple of reasons on the outside. They pull great from targets when you're practicing, but that, that uh, you know, that surface has less friction. So when you're hunting, not only are you getting that extra momentum benefit of having the, the FMJ, which does have more momentum, generally speaking, than, than like the carbon arrows, but it also is, uh, as it's penetrating, there's less friction as well. So they penetrate and, you know, awesome. They're, and that's why I really like them for hunting is, you know, if you really want to pull out all the stops uh, and go, you know, get an arrow that's really going to hit hard and, and drive that broadhead through, FMJs are, you know, unbeatable for that. But, uh, you know, exceptions might be, you know, you get guys that maybe want to go with a setup that, gives them a little more speed then you know that's where you kind of swing back to the carbon but um that's kind of the 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 you know where we've evolved in those materials uh you know from the starting with wood and then aluminum to carbon and, and then now what we call the hybrid shafts or the dual composition where you have aluminum carbon together on on the in one arrow would the fmj be considered like the most expensive arrow you guys have like the highest end for hunting specifically? Believe it or not, uh, well, they're not really. The ACs are probably uh, in terms of cost. So the alum or the, the carbon on the outside, the AC product, we call it aluminum carbon. Uh, the FMJ, I, and if you look at the price points that are out in the market, you can, in a lot of cases, you can get yourself a set of FMJs for what you know maybe some of the all carbon higher end all carbon arrows are, are retailing for so somebody that wants to get into an fmj for hunting um you know you could take our standard five millimeter and uh and you're really not paying a lot more than you would for a high-end carbon hunting arrow in a lot of cases sometimes less so it's very attainable uh we have a four millimeter fmj that I consider the industry's flagship and that one, that one would cost a little, a little bit more. And then we have the pro comp on the AC side for hunters. Um, and that's, that would be our flagship in terms of, um, you know, what we have that really is a, was, you know, developed for the target market. So somebody that's really looking to pull out all the stops, they could look at that pro comp, but that four millimeter FMJ just penetrates like gangbusters. And it's a, you know, it's a phenomenal era and really you know probably at retail a lot less than people might think yeah that's that's awesome but what, what i'm gonna show you here is pretty amazing i'm not gonna lie so i had uh we have we've been working on a lot of these classic uh, bow editions and sometimes during those uh uh classic videos will uh, purchase and acquire bows online through ebay or whatever just to be able to show them off it's like a lot of old ones back in here um all around me actually is a whole bunch of old bows probably 30 of them but uh, anyway one of them this came with a box and inside the box came with all these accessories and they had this dandy <laughs> it's so old it's like falling apart and you'll never guess the price of this <laughs> wow let's see wow, i haven't seen i haven't seen one of those for a while what uh, trying to see what mod is that a camel hunter? What is in that? You know? Yeah, it says uh XX75 2117. Yep, yep, that's a uh, 2117 camel hunter. It looks like, uh, I don't know if you put that on there, or someone else puts that ring on there, ring arrows. I don't know. And uh, anyway, it says three dollars and 69 cents. <laughs> really? Wow, 
I don't know if this is like a clearance somewhere. Every day. I think so because Game I've Getter, guessed. Game Getters, and uh Oh Game Getter 2, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's not even cool. I mean the guy might have used them. I don't know. It looks pretty good shape though. Yeah, everything. Look at the old uh yeah. Uh, is that the that's the uh, old knock switch? Yeah, that looks like a game getter too, I think is with the glue. It's got the glue knock. Remember those with the cone? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. That, that's the knock switch. I feel um, like hunting with these. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about putting myself together a set of, of game getters and, and going out hunting with them this fall. Because, are these are these considered heavier likes? This feels pretty light. Uh it's fairly heavy actually. Um, oh, okay. But, but yeah. you know it's all relative, right? I mean, when those when aluminum came out, they were considered quite lightweight, you know. And uh, you know, I mean, we make aircraft out of aluminum, right? I mean, but but in terms of arrows today, yeah, it's it's on the heavy side for sure. But send you a hike um, and get out of it. Yeah, I'm the finest <laughs> the finest arrow shafts in the world, Easton. Nothing else can comes close. Yep. Did you do that, that one? Probably that vintage that I, that pro, that kid was you know that's probably early '90s right there. Yeah. Oh, here it says this on the back. Uh, Easton is the brand of arrows that bow hunters and target archers throughout the world choose for performance, consistency, and straightness and weight, and for their reputation. Uh, it goes on to talk about uh, durable, proven aluminum alloys like XX75 or XX78. You're getting the finest craftsmanship and made in America quality available. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that was uh, there was XX seventy eights out, so that is after ninety two. That was that's uh, what I was thinking. If it said seventy eight in there, yeah. So it's it's probably right around ninety four. I would guess. Uh, looking yeah, at that's that. funny though, huh? Like, what's the odds of that? I'm like, yeah, dude, I, this guy gave yeah. me a gold mine. I'm like, this is worth more than the bow. Yeah, and I guarantee you that <laughs> that package of arrows wasn't three dollars. No, right. I think it's because it probably was a, a clearance. At a Dunham's that they had laying around or found, generally, Something. that's probably I bet you that's what happened. What it was, yeah. And and it's funny if you look at it, if you factor in inflation, <laughs> arrows are probably less today than they were back then. Yeah, that's um, crazy. But, but uh, yeah, maybe they're used to. Maybe yeah. when he bought them, that was an open box. Yeah, never know. These big shops, you don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I like those, I like those five inch veins too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, these are sweet. I was pretty happy when I saw this come in with the bow. I'm like, no way. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Now, let me ask you, the, the today's <clears throat> today's 75s, XX75s, do they have the normal knock like we have in normal arrows today? It's not yeah, this, they, right? Yeah, they we use the no, that's the knock swage. Okay. Uh, trying to think if we even even in the traditional side, I was trying to think if we still I don't think we do the knock swage at all anymore. Can this uh, knock handle like uh, today's bows or no? Yeah, yeah. I although you know materials can get old over time. Oh, good right? point. Um, yeah. I mean, you could you could replace those knocks. I sh I'm sure they're still out there, but right. uh, but I would I would just do that. I just. I think know. we'll just put these on display. I'll just put I, them back here. Exactly. That's that's Play exactly they, that's exactly where they belong. But yeah, today, uh, even on like we still make the game getter, we still make the camel hunter. Uh, we utilize a any bushing, so it 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 takes a it takes the same knocks as like a, a six point five or that white out you're talking about. Um, um would, it, what is this camo called? Did you guys have a name for that? Uh, that one was is I I can't quite see it. Is it is it the kind of the brown and black? Is that what it, is that what you're looking at? Uh, it's got like a tannish brown and then a darker brown. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was that we just called our game getter two camo. Uh, and then the other one uh, that was the had the green that very similar to what you're holding was a uh, that was our camel hunter. Uh, but we didn't, yeah, it was, we didn't really ever have a name for that camo. Yeah. Um, but we did a retro, we did a retro FMJ in a very similar pattern a couple of years ago that was hugely popular. Um, and we renamed it, we called it Woodland Camo, but um, it, it harkened back to that, that look you were holding right there. And they were, guys loved those too. So is this a new video you guys have on the website, this factory tour? Yeah. 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 We've got that. Um, yeah, it's, it's fairly new. Um, it could, you could go in there and it shows how, uh, a lot of our products are made. Um, we've got the full tour that kind of talks about each type of arrow that we already discussed, you know, the aluminum, the, the carbon, and then the aluminum carbon hybrids. And then we've got separate videos that show, uh, each one of those is a separate process as well. So, um, that's on our YouTube channel. Yeah, what do you guys mean? What's going on with you guys right now with uh, socials? I thought I saw a um, you guys been doing some uh, tech videos and stuff because I thought I saw an Easton tech video. I was yeah, gonna share that. Yeah, we were just working on some yesterday afternoon, but we're trying our we're dropping uh, videos every Thursday afternoon now on that on those in that tech series you're talking about. Uh, and those, you know, as things change, they need to be updated from time to time. So. We said, hey, let's make sure we're 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 active there, and we're uh, uh, you know getting getting new content, uh, fresh content, most up to date content out there on uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, so we'll just continue to do that and utilize yeah, uh, some of our folks that uh, we work with, uh, you know, our uh, bow hunters and pro staff to help us with that as well. Yeah, that's great. These are very important, and I, I'm I'm really happy you guys are doing these because that's gonna definitely help people learn and yeah. understand what's going on. Yeah. In fact, the, the topic we just did yesterday was kind of the one we just went over with the different, different materials. Um, yeah. We just did that one and uh, that'll be dropping here pretty soon. Um, Gary, are you guys all done now with uh, show seasons? Is it all set? Are we all done with yeah, everything? Pretty, pretty much. So we had, uh, you know, as you know, there's, you know, the 3d season just, just wrapped up. And then uh, one one of the things that we've been involved with heavily is the Total Archery Challenge series that wrapped up a couple weeks ago, three four weeks ago. So now we're kind of into that. Okay, let's get ready for 2024 mode, getting our our products uh, finalized like we talked about, and then uh, indoor season will kick up shortly thereafter. So uh, it seems like you know as the bow hunts come in, you know all the the shows and tournaments kind of wind down, and then uh, indoor season kicks up in Europe and, and, uh, then a little bit later over here in, in, uh, the States. And then we're kind of off and running again with the trade shows, uh, the archery trade show in January. And then, uh, you know, then we, we start back into tournament season again and round and round it goes. Well, I tell you what, Gary, it was nice seeing you in Michigan. It was nice. Well, I actually seen you in person here in my home, our home state of Michigan. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I uh, if I would have known you are coming, though, I'd have had you come here. You could have came and sat over here a day early. You but didn't tell I, me. <laughs> I had such a good time there. That was a great venue. Uh, I'll probably put it on the calendar again for next year. Um, it, we, I wasn't even scheduled to go, but uh, we had we had the the, the guy here that was going to cover that show. Uh, he couldn't make it, so I pinched hit for him, and uh, 
and I thought I had such a good time and enjoyed that venue. I thought, hey, maybe I'll just make this an annual thing. So, I think you should. I think you should still bring him though, so that way we can go to check out the area. There's so many things I want to show you in that region. There's so many great places oh, around awesome. that region that you probably oh, yeah. didn't even get to experience because you were so busy working. Oh there. no, yeah, I had my head down. I was Traverse City, Petoskey. Yeah, there are so many great micro brews oh, yeah. and wineries and is just one of the most magnificent. I mean, we go there every year just for camping. It's that nice, you know? Yeah, it, um, it's cool. It was really cool. And I, I wish I would have had a little more time, but yeah, I just, I, I think I'll be back there next year because it was, uh, it was a great time. Yeah, was, that was a good time. I think I, I love that tournament. I just, I think personally that, you know, when, when I think of archery and bow hunting, you know, the total archery challenge it's it's our people you know like those are the people that are buying these products those are the people that listen to these shows those are the people who and that so i really enjoy that that being there and talking to people uh people come up to me all the time like hey i love your videos on youtube it's kind of weird but you know it's like like, okay thank you though that's really cool you know it's just youtube right not a huge deal but it's cool though it's cool to see you know I, i met a kid one time i'll never forget this i met a kid that was at uh god it was at the other show, Woods and Water. Oh. And this, I'll never forget the kid's name. His name was Greg. And he came up to me. And his dad came up to me with him. And he's like, uh, he was just staring at me. I'm like, it's weird. And then he's like, my he's like, my son loves your show. He watches every episode, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, he really wants to get a picture with you. I'm like, okay, no problem. Sure he wasn't just fishing for No, discount. I don't think so, man. It was, <laughs> it was a good experience because he was like a little kid. And I was like, wow. And then like later, I think he sent me a message like literally eight years later. So, hey, just, you know, thanks for getting me into bow hunting or something weird. I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'm like, that's wonderful. If it does something to help people, I don't care. It's cool. It's fun by me. But um, absolutely. yeah, it was a good experience that. And then anyways, but that's what I like about being at shows like that. I just feel like the people there really know the industry or they pay attention to the industry. They're the people who are actually buying these bows and high-end bows and, and, and cheap bows, whatever. I mean, they're all over the place and arrows, of course, you know, and it's also nice to see some of the companies there, to be honest, there was a lot of companies there from Hoyt to Matthews to expedition. I mean, there were so many brands. Uh, It's really interesting. Now, what I like to see, and this is what I thought was interesting, Gary, about the show this year, there were more archery bow companies at that show then we're at the ATA show. And so I found that very interesting in the sense that like, well, what's going to happen here? You know what I mean? Like, are these guys all going back to ATA? Or are they not? And, you know, cause now they're doing this show and they're going, they're traveling, right? There's a lot involved in that. Um, so I'm just going to be curious to see how it translate back to the, sh- the main show that we would call the main show, the ATA. And uh, if it, if it ends up going and, you know, this year it's a little harder for us, it's kind of far. Yeah. Missouri's not a, I think it has to, I mean, just look at your business and my business. They're pushing us back to the office. Yeah. Well, and things are starting to get back to normal. I don't think there's going to be an option, but to start thinking about going back. Uh, what do you think, Gary? You think they'll go back? Well, they, they may, uh, you know, I mean, things change over time, you know, it's like, uh, you know, that's the one thing that we can count on is that things will always change. Like a few years ago, there was no art, total archery challenge. It's really been fun to see, uh, really, I think, a surge in archery. And, and people, what I like about that is you're just out there having fun, which is what archery is supposed to be and what bow hunting is supposed to be. You know? It's something that, and it's great to work in an industry where that's the, the thing people go to when they want to have fun. You know, we're, we're making products, we're in an industry where 
people want to buy them. They want to, you know, it's what they look forward to doing. And that's really, that's really an awesome place to be, uh, you know, working every day in a, in a situation where you're making that type of products. But, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, trade show, uh, I love it. I get to reconnect with so many of the people in the industry that, it, you know, the industry seems big, but it's kind of small because we, we end up kind of knowing everybody from the different companies and whatnot. So it's, so it's fun for me to, you know, get some FaceTime with people like you or, or you know, other industry contacts that I have. Uh, being in the marketing area, it, it's, you know, it's great to get everybody in the same room. I hope it sticks around and uh, and uh, it's always kind of been a gathering for the industry. And uh, we'll see, you know, if, uh, we, you know, we start seeing more more uh, companies kind of get back. That, that COVID hiccup in the road really sent a lot of people home. But, uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoy it. We're planning, Easton will definitely be there. Uh, come January. So I'm looking forward to it again. Yeah, it's interesting. You made an important comment there. And I think that it's 100% accurate is that when you said it's the industry show, I agree with that 100%. And it's a lot different in the sense that like at Toro Archie Challenge, you weren't even going to be there. So it's very rare for me to run into a marketing person at that show realistically. So like at that show, there was nobody really representing any of the companies that I deal with in a marketing standpoint or the business side of it. So it's good for consumers because they're going to be able to, you know, buy the, maybe not even buy the bow, but actually see the bow in person. But as far as business goes, from an industry standpoint, it's definitely a total challenge. Definitely won't work because <laughs> no one's really there. Right. Not, right. It's not right. really made for that. There's no closed doors, really, you know, like areas to talk or, you know, workout yeah. deals or whatever. So, yeah, we, we and we spend the like, we'll send, we'll send uh, somebody from, from our facility to each one of them. But at ATA, we, we kind of said the whole contingent, the whole team. Yeah. yeah. Everybody goes, the whole team. But you got sales. Right. Yeah, that we, you know, there's yeah. a lot of dealers there and we're always glad to get a little FaceTime with them as well. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, all these things are important. It's fun. The total archery challenge, different crowd because you're getting, you're getting some FaceTime with the people that actually use your products, and that yeah. for me and, and as a marketer, I really feel like, you know, there's that hearing their perspective, hearing their concerns and their questions, really helps ground me into reality of okay, this is what's going on, this is what they need, this is what they like, and get you know, it's a real, it's a real eye opener to go there. So we like to send different people, you know, rotate them in as we could, they go because they get that perspective of what our end users are asking for, what's working well for them. It's invaluable feedback. But then, you know, the ATA shows more of an industry gathering, dealers, other manufacturers and, and media. And uh, we all, we all have some, and that's important as well. Yeah, definitely need a home for that stuff. And there's a lot of it there, of course, you know, that that's the place you're going to get all the, fun extra activities, the events, the like Bad Limbs Film Fest type stuff. There's just so many specific yeah. little things that you can't can't go wrong, really. So, yeah. well, Gary, hey, thanks for coming on tonight. We appreciate it. And good luck this fall as we're about to hit into full fall here and hunting's about to, to light up. So I know you're yeah, going to be spending some time getting some hunts and I know yeah, it's coming. We're, uh, <laughs> we're, headed, we're headed for elk camp tomorrow afternoon. So it's, wow. it's here. Look. Yeah, if you end up hunting in Michigan, let us know. I know you're not going to, but just in case, hey, you know what? I would. I I love I love hunting east of the Rockies. I spend more time hunting east of the Rockies than I do out here. Um, and that's another thing. I, I I we ought to mention it in closing here. I'm in the factory right now. I can hear the arrow machines behind my back wall. 
um, awesome. we didn't mention it before, but well, we make our arrows here, right here in the United States. So uh, I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd give a plug to that because we got a lot of people out here in the factory that are passionately making these arrows and, and honey seasons here. So I'm excited. This arrow right here could have been made right behind you. I know it was. I absolutely <laughs> 100% Guarantee you that was made behind that wall, right? This there. arrow right here, very yeah. specific 1994 classic edition right here, guys. It is. And you know what? As I walk through the factory and I see an arrow like that, obviously that all the carbon and FMJs and everything we got going on right here, I always glance over and I look at that pile of arrows and I think, which one of those is going to, you know, make a dream for somebody? Uh, you know, what is that one going to go through it? a deer of a lifetime is that one gonna somebody gonna shoot a doe with that one and fill their freezer i always kind of look at those and say what's that arrow destined for so it's a lot of fun yeah, yeah for sure i can't wait i'm excited to get in the field and yeah. put Amherst, my eastons to the test baby cameras are looking good so far yeah we got some monsters <laughs> walking around so if you that's decide a, to come out you awesome. let us know that's awesome. That'll pump you up for sure. Yeah, it'll be here before you know it. All right, we'll see, you, Gary. Thanks a lot, man. Have a great okay. fall. And uh, eastnarchery.com, guys, get your arrows today and get them going. Made in the USA right here in Utah at Easton. So we'll see you. All right, thanks, Gary. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.